Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. With me here at the helm is my brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Deal. Sifu Bob, how you doing today? Oh, hell. <laughs> Not wonderful. <laughs> my family's going through some tragedy right now. My son just got in a real bad car accident. He's okay. Just, yeah. Uh, just. Uh, like, not even like. everywhere. Yeah. Huh? I said just. I mean, when he says just, folks, he means, he means just. We're like talking 20 minutes before we went on air. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm outside because the, the, we got the, uh, my granddaughter, right? Uh, yeah. And I, I thank God that they weren't in the car with him, his girlfriend and my, my granddaughter. Right. Uh, but it, lo- it looks like his car is totaled and he drives for work. So I don't know what the hell he's going to do. He's got the next three oh, days off, yeah. so he's going to have to deal with that. Now, everybody knows now I drive for Lyft. Well, I told you about this one. I had a really interesting and uncomfortable ride the other the, yesterday. Huh. So I picked, I picked this girl up by Dodger Stadium, and she's dressed a little provocatively. Fishnet mm-hmm. stockings. Well, I asked her, so what are you doing? She says, well, I'm going to work. I said, okay, what do you do? Well, I'm an entertainer. And I'm like, in L.A., that means stripper. <laughs> when somebody calls themselves an entertainer, they're a stripper. So I started digging a little they bit. Don't, they don't use the word stripper anymore? How does that work? I don't understand. No, it's, it's an adult entertainer here. Oh. So they say I'm an entertainer. So I started digging. And I said, oh, really? What kind? He says, well, I'm an actress. Really? What do you do? Well, I entertain people. And I look back at her, and I go, wait a minute. You know I'm going to dig until I find out what I want to hear. You might as well tell me. <laughs> and she and said. I asked, I asked Bob, why the hell do you want to know? What are you, the stripper police? <laughs> yeah. But she wasn't a stripper. She was a professional dominatrix that whips the crap out of people. <laughs> and then I, I started regretting that I was digging so hard. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's why that's why sometimes you just gotta like not be the oh let I'm in LA go. I know what an actress is just let stuff go man you know you don't have to please everybody. That's, <laughs> but, okay, I was but, curious and I wanted to I, and I I wanted to dig till I struck oil and I did. Right. And so we have then but my next pickup to the, <laughs> I was I, I was prepared to stripper. Uh, an adult <laughs> film star. I've had those in the car too. So right. Uh-huh. The, we, so we're, we, she picked a lift line, which means that's a car. That's a true carpool. I had to go pick up somebody else. Uh-huh. Well, I pick up this nice Filipino gentleman that is into alternative living. 
Mm-hmm. And then they started talking it. about. <laughs> just say it. No, I, I can't. <laughs> so gay. then they. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was trying to be gay. politically correct and rest, rest well, right now it out is. there. I mean, the words transgender, lesbian, and gay are actually, you know, common words now. So we just can't yes, say other are, words actually. that mean. We just can't say other words that mean like stupid. We, you know, we can't use yeah, the terms to mean stupid or. or or boy, boy, girl, or girl, boy, or lady, boy, you know, right. that kind of thing. That's the only thing. But. Oh, then that, that opened up another story I got in a minute for you. Anyway, okay. so so then they start talking about leather parties and bars. And this is when my ears <laughs> just closed up. And I stopped listening to these people. Now, you said the term lady, boy. Now I got another story for you. I picked up this nice tie girl. Beautiful, uh-huh. taking her home from the market, right? And I said, oh, what are you doing? She says, I'm a Thai masseuse. I said, really? How long have you been doing that? About four years. I said, what got you into that? She said, well, I got, it. I got my license because in case the job market was dry, I wanted something to fall back on. Said, that's, mm-hmm. that's admirable. Have, have a backup right. plan. That's good. She says, and she says, but I don't like to touch people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, really? You might have picked the wrong profession. And she says, but I grew to like it, and I enjoy helping people relieve their pain. I go, that's good. That's a, that's a great answer. Uh, and then she got in. Well, I enjoy the big tips, too. And I said, ah, that I don't want to know about what you do for those big tips. So anyway, she said, have you ever been to Thailand? I said, no, but a good friend of mine has. Uh, you know, uh, he was in a cage with a bunch of tigers running around, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And she said, "Did she, did he tell you about the beautiful women in Thailand?" I said, "No, you know, he's married. His wife went with him, his daughters." And she says, "Because you know, the best-looking women in Thailand are lady boys." <laughs> Not all of them, but you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. It's like you and I have discussed this before. I'm like a psychiatrist in my car because I think these people think, huh, you know what? I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> so yeah. I might as well lay everything out for him. And they do. They lay everything yeah. on the table for me. I've got asked <laughs> inappropriate questions. I've got, oh my God, some of the stuff <laughs> I've, oh, Jesus. See, I am. I am never becoming a driver because, okay, it's just weird, and this should go into random thoughts, that, like, any Uber driver, Lyft driver, even taxi drivers and bus drivers, you know, it's just some random stranger driving you around. You know what I mean? Just You just get into some stranger's right. car, you know? And when I was a kid, you never got into a stranger's car. <laughs> That's what we were taught. Don't get in a stranger's car. Here, little girl, here's some candy for you. No, I know. you don't get in. No. I know, so I just think it's kind of weird, but that's one of the reasons why I don't think I'll ever become like a Lyft driver or whatever. You you just don't know, you know. Well, I mean, and, and you, I would, you can't, yeah. you're, and you you can't do anything inappropriate or anything, which is good. You know, they run a background check on me, which is well, different than good. Uber. You know, I'm getting a lot of customers that uh, are switching completely over to, to straight Lyft because they've heard about sexual assault among the Uber drivers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, one girl, that, one 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 dude got in got in an Uber car. He told me about where the driver had to start his car with a breathalyzer. 
<laughs> That's not good. <laughs> and then another girl tells me that she had some Uber driver admit he had two DUIs. Then oh. another girl told me Jesus. where she had a driver show up. Now, this driver wasn't buzzed. He was lit. Oh. He drove a block and said, oh, my, my date canceled. Just draw me off here. Oh. And then I get stories about drivers smoking pot, and they, they get in their car, and the car smells like weed. Well, last, <laughs> wow. last night, I almost threw somebody out of my car because he got mm-hmm. in, and he was just smoking smoking pot, reeked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, this is nuts because now when I drop you, I'm not, I don't care if you smoke pot. That's your thing. But now yeah. if, if I pick up somebody else, they're going to be thinking, I'm doing What if I got pulled over by the police? Right, <laughs> right. And they exactly. smell pot. They'd pull me yeah. out of the car. They'd search yeah. my car. And yeah. I, yeah, that was the only guy I almost threw out. But I was back to the breeze, act body spray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, some of these things are just that's Now, I've met some good people. I've met some, some well-known actors and actresses on different TV shows. One my daughter hated me for because she's absolutely in love with this guy off the TV show Awkward on MTV. I, I picked up the lead. And she's like, picked a picture uh, from IMDb or wherever she got it from. She says, is this the guy? And I said, yeah, that's him. She goes, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> now, she, now she wants to talk to you. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> she, oh. she still doesn't want to talk to me. So that's that's how my week. Now I do start a new job tomorrow, so I'm 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 glad I'm I'm taking a break from Lyft full time because I had my oil changed three weeks ago and the light uh, came on. It's time to do it again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So three weeks. That's a this lot is, oh, of I'm miles, done. man. That's a lot of miles. That's that's gonna be a side thing for you now. So <laughs> exactly. Play money. Play money. Well, stay tuned, listeners, because a little bit later after the break, we're going to have random question night. Uh, and our phone number here is 347-677-0699. Um, you could consider it an open floor dojo tonight. Uh, we do have a few questions that uh, me and Bob want to uh, address. Uh, but if you want to ask your own questions, give us a call, 347 347- Six seven seven zero six nine nine, and we'll begin that discussion at about oh, six thirty or so. All right, so let's get moving on with the show. We've got birthdays. What do we have for birthdays on your end, Sifu Bob? Well, we have uh, Sifu Manuel Marquez. His birthday is on the twenty fourth. Uh, Robert Harris, a good friend of mine, we went to high school together. His birthday is on the twenty sixth. David Geisen, the owner of Burbank Printing. Him and I have known each other in excess of 47 years. We actually started kindergarten together, and he was the one who printed up our trifold brochures for the Dynamic Dojo. Oh, right on. Very cool. And his birthday is also on the 26th. And that's it for me. Who do you have this week? Um, Oh, before I get started, before I forget, do we still have flyers? Oh, yes. For, okay, cool. Okay, just had to make sure for Dragon Fest and stuff. But, okay, um, today I want to wish a happy birthday to fellow Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists board member, or I think former board member now, Marietta De La Cruz. Her birthday is today. 
tomorrow, the 23rd, uh, Chen Tai Chi sister here in Seattle, uh, Viola Brumbaugh. Her birthday is on the 23rd tomorrow. And on the 24th, at Dose Paris brother, Mike Casto. So for everybody having a birthday the week of the 22nd through the 28th, this tune is for you. We sing happy birthday to you. And may all your dreams come true. Happy, happy birthday. Facebook about what the hell does drink responsibly mean? Was, was that you? Yeah. <laughs> I got that and I had to share that with people. What the hell yeah. does that even mean? What does that mean? You know mean? what drink responsibly means now? It means because I, I see I don't stay out late enough to pick up stupid drunks, right. but I do take a lot of people to clubs and bars and restaurants that plan on consuming alcohol. That's the mm-hmm. responsible thing to do. Right. And, you know, right. they, had, they had a story a couple of weeks ago about us, uh, Lyft and Uber, hurting the taxi cab industry, and that I can see. But it, I think it's actually going to go a little deeper than that. I think we might actually be hurting the state of California as well. Because huh. with us around, they're not going to collect the fines and the court fees and everything else that they get from their DUI arrests, which I feel is a good thing, but it may hurt the economy. In, in the uh, long run, huh? Yeah. Well, now see that that, that just—I see that happen. I, I mean, I see what you mean by how it could happen, but I think it's really weird that that preventing needless deaths is, you know, is a concern for the economy. You know what I mean? I know. Like, isn't it that strange? So weird. But it's a it cause. Is. It's a cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That is so. That is so strange. But. Um, yeah, wow. Well, I want to remind our uh, our listeners out there that if you call in, we're not going to actually open the phone lines for the discussion until about 6.30. So if you're calling in, feel free to listen. Um, but at around 6.30 or so, <clears throat> if uh, you actually want to talk to us after the after the break, go ahead and press 1 on your keypad, and that will let Bob and I know that you want to go live with us. 
and uh, ask uh, some questions on random question night or help us answer some and uh, or discuss some of the questions we already have on hand. All right. So let's move on. Let us get to announcements and shout outs. Uh, what announcements do you have on your end there? Well, I have Dragon Fest. Woohoo! Dragon Dragon Fest is coming up July 9th. That means you and I are actually going to see each other twice in one year, which we have been, but usually right. it's more spread out than a month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually yeah. several months. Yeah. But uh, Dragon Fest is July 9th, 2016, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's going to be held at the Airtel Plaza Conference Center and Hotel uh, at 7277 Val Avenue in Van Nuys, California, 91406. If anybody wants to book a room, they can be reached at 818-997-7676. The cost is going to be $25. Now, that is an at-the-door price. Early bird online before June 15th is going to be $20 for adults and $5 for kids 15 and under. After June 15th, no tickets will be sold online. They will only be available at the door at a cost of $25 for adults and $5 for kids 15 and under. So the kids' price doesn't go up. It's the adult prices Mm -hmm. that do. So get your Mm -hmm. tickets now. Go to www.museumdragonfest.com to buy your tickets. Now, I'm opening up another browser window that has an actual list, if I can get this window to open for me, that has a (laughs) list of actual special guests. Now, all these guests are confirmed. However, with that said, they're confirmed for now, meaning if mm-hmm. some, if a celebrity gets a paying job, which mm-hmm. this is not, this is a volunteer basis, they will have to go and do that job instead. Now, the, the guest list is as follows. Actor Danny Trejo, Phil Morris, Simon Reed, Steve Odekirk, Don the Dragon Wilson, Philip Reed, Robin Shaw. Cynthia Rothrock, Billy Zabka. Now, Billy Zabka played Johnny in the original Karate Kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sasha Mitchell, Ron Thomas. Ron Thomas played one of the Cobra Kai guys in the original Karate Kid. He was there last year. Now he has Mm -hmm. a little less hair than he did at that time. Uh, They Mm -hmm. also had a few more that are not listed. Uh, I think uh, Joe Montana was going to be there again this year, but mm-hmm. he may have uh, other schedule, uh, uh, conflicting schedule, and he, he may or may not be there. So those are the guests for Dragon Fest. I'm looking forward right to it. This on. is going to be a lot of fun. Now, they, they're only having it one day this year because last year, as you remember, the first year, it was great. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. One day, there were times we couldn't even see see the other wall on the other side of the room. It was so packed. Mm-hmm. Now, right. last year they had it two days, and Sunday, well, it wasn't as good because it was the same people coming back. Right, right. Uh, and so they were splitting it. They may not have stayed as long, and it wasn't as busy. So Michael Matsuda decided, 
one day is going to be good enough. And it was a lot of fun. And can you remember how physically exhausted you and I were by the end of the second we day? We were, well, by the middle Wiped of out. the second day, I was like, I yes. want to go home. <laughs> yes, we were Do just, we were absolutely wiped out. Now we had something happen that was actually really cool. Kathy Long, I, I asked, and this came up. I just asked Michael because now Kathy Long's a a co-host on the show every quarter, once a quarter. Mm-hmm. And I asked Michael if we could get a ticket. I figured you or I would have to buy her ticket in so she could spend time with us. And mm-hmm. Michael said, "You know what? I'm just going to give her a table right next to you." I went, "Wow, that is wow. so cool!" Yeah, because you yeah. know she's such a nice person and she is a famous martial artist. So he's just bringing her in. You told her about it, and she's like, absolutely, she'll be there with us. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Dragon Fest is absolutely going to be a blast this year, and I really it's, look forward to it. In July. It's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, yes, yes. And another thing I'm looking forward to is the Masters Hall of Fame. We have two events this year, and the first one's going to be June 4th in San Antonio, Texas. And the keynote speaker in San Antonio is going to be none other than Frank Dukes. And it's going to be held at the Hilton San Antonio airport. Um, and it's going to have the, the whole nine yards and shebang of the banquet and the red carpet photos, as well as the award ceremony and stuff like that. Um, so get your tickets, get your tickets for that one. Um, and uh, the next one is going to be June 18th, a couple weeks later in Columbus, Ohio at the Sheraton Columbus Hotel at Capitol Square. Um, same to the nines kind of stuff, banquet, red carpet, uh, social. I don't remember if there's a social before, but I'm pretty sure there is. Um, and you want to get your tickets, folks, to either or both of these events um, at mastershalloffame.org. That's mastershalloffame.org. So don't miss it. Get your tickets now because you don't want to get disappointed by buying tickets the day before because I'll tell you what, the last week, tickets go quick. So get them now because <laughs> when they're sold Absolutely. out, Do you remember out. what Frank Duke said? It was really funny. I, I had bought my, my plane ticket, got my hotel reservation, and I announced online, and Frank Duke's comment says, Texas, am I invited to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you forgot to mention who are or do you know who the uh, masters of ceremonies are going to be for those two events? Uh, you know, I don't. I, I don't. Okay. I didn't get any news on that. Did you? Because I must have missed a memo somewhere Absolutely. these last couple of weeks. I haven't been checking email. I've been bad. Well, <laughs> I've been Texas preoccupied. Because, well, Texas, because he's a local Texan and uh, an ambassador to the Hall of Fame, is uh, going to be Jamie Cashin is going to be the MC okay. at the Texas event. And one of my best friends on the planet, Greg Woldridge, is going to be the MC for the Ohio event. Oh, okay. Right on. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. So get your tickets, folks. Masters Hall of org. Awesome. Well, um, today I had... I, I had planned to go find some health news, <laughs> and I wasn't able to find any health news because I was um, uh, actually, hold on, I'm trying to see if I can go back in my 
go back in my notes because I had health news for one of the weeks that I wasn't. Uh, nope. Okay. So we're not doing health news this week. <laughs> so we're going to move on to weird news. Weird news. And I guess I'm reading weird news, right, Bob? All right. No, I got it. I got it in front oh, of me. Oh, you got it? Okay, awesome. Yeah, I got there it. There you go. Thousands okay. of tiny crabs are carpeting the beaches of, in a, an Orange County neighborhood and creating an amazing spectacle for swimmers and surfers. Lifeguard estimate that hundreds of thousands of tiny crustaceans washed up Friday on the beach of the Newport Beach. Others were spotted in wow. Laguna Beach. Now, Laguna and Newport are both in Orange County. The Orange County uh-huh. Register reports Red crabs are usually found off Baja, California, but currents that are part of the El Nino weather pattern are sweeping them north. The one to three-inch long crabs have washed up for several years along the Orange County coastline. Before that, they hadn't been seen in the area for decades. Hmm. Wow. So what do, I mean, what happens when they all wash up? I mean, I'm assuming that they die if they don't get back in the water. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And people so gotta does, watch where they step. Right. So I mean, if it if it's carpeting the beaches, I mean, did they just leave it for the you know seagulls and other uh, and other wildlife to eat, or are those edible by humans? I mean, how does that is how does no? Because I would say they they would have a uh, uh, hard shell, so the predators really, I mean, they'd have to like like break the shell open to get to the meat, that sort of thing. And right. being that they're so small, they probably wouldn't wouldn't fill up on them. They'd probably have to get five or six of them just, just to create a meal out of them. So they're probably right. waiting for the tide to come in and wash them away, if that's possible, or have them walk back to the ocean. Oh, right. Wow, that's that's so wild. Wildlife. Isn't that? Isn't that wild? Pretty wild. That, that is a trip, right? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've got a new a new uh, segment today. <laughs> well, we've, we've got a couple that I'm going to try out just for the day, though, uh, because okay. it is almost June. You know, every year, Rusty, we've had at the end of the year at our our New Year's show, we've always mm-hmm. done a notable death within a right. certain year. Well, mm-hmm. we've had a number this year already. Uh, mm-hmm. The latest one. If you remember, this is going to show our age, and actually it really won't because the, sh- the TV show was on before either one of us was born, but they had reruns for years, right? It, it was hmm. in syndication. Alan Young passed away the other day. He played Wilbur on Mr. Ed. Now, he lived a full life. He was 96 when he passed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a full life, all right. Did I think he did Beverly Hills Top 3, uh, where he played uh, uh, theme park owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morley Safer from, from 60 Minutes had also passed. Yeah. Uh, of course, we had, we had the sad death of uh, Prince at 57. Mm-hmm. Uh, China, the wrestler, died April 20th at 46 years old. See, so yeah, even people in pop health. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Doris Roberts from Everybody Loves Raymond dies April 17th at the age of 90. Uh, Country music star Merle Hager died on April 6th from pneumonia on his, check this out, he was 79 and he died on his 79th birthday. Oh, wow. In and out the same day. In and out the same day. Here's one yep. I'd never heard of, and maybe you did. Patty Duke passed away from the Patty Duke show in the sixties. No, I didn't either. She sure died is. March. Yeah, she died March twenty sixth. Oh man! Oh, I'm sorry, March twenty ninth. Uh, Sucks. Earl Hammer. He was the creator of the Waltons and Falcon Crest. He died at the age of ninety two. Uh, comedian Gary Shandling. Uh, of the Larry Sanders show and of the Gary Sandling show, uh, <laughs> Shandling show Shandling. died at the age of 66. Uh, let's see. Rapper Fife Dog from a tribe hmm. called Quest died early Wednesday. It does not say the date. He was 45. Uh, Rob Ford, the uh, former mayor of Toronto. Uh, Frank Sinatra Jr., Keith Emerson, one of the founding members of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, passed oh, wow. away. Uh, hmm. Sir George Martin, he was considered the fifth Beatle. He died at the late age of 90. Uh, wow. Nancy Reagan died mm-hmm. March 6th at the age of 94. Here's one I actually thought he passed years ago. Uh, one of my favorite actors from the 70s, George Kennedy. From the airport movie. Oh, movies. yeah, uh, yeah. He was in Clint Eastwood movies. He died on February 29th. He died on Leap Day. Oh. Let's see who else. Uh, got Angela Big Ange from, I, oh, from the Mob Wives star. She she died uh, at 55. Wow. Wow. Antonio Scalia, uh, Supreme Court Justice, died at 79. Uh Maurice White, one of the founders of Earth, Wind, and Fire, died at the devastated. age of 74. Mm-hmm. I was uh, devastated. One, <laughs> I, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and who was that guy? I forget who, who the guy's name was that passed away uh, from that, that guitarist, guitarist from, uh, God, I can't remember the band, but he was one of my wife's customers at the uh, uh, dog kennel. Uh, huh. One actor died that has, has looked the same since he did Barney Miller in the 70s. Abe Bogota passed away right. at 94, and he looked wow. the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, Glenn Fry died at the age of 67, one of the founding members of the Eagles. Uh, mm-hmm. British actor Alan Rickman, he played on the Harry Potters and, and a couple other mm-hmm. movies, uh, died at the age of 69. Uh, of course, David Bowie died at the age of 69. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is it on the list of, of uh, celebrities that we've lost this year. We've lost quite a wow. few uh, very, very notable celebrities this year. Right. And the year's not even halfway over. That's, right. And that's why that's I, so I did the segment is because it's not even half over and we've lost a lot of people this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so sad. 
Um, I want to remind our listeners that uh, in about, we're going a little over time, so I'd say probably another like 10, 15 minutes maybe, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to discuss some um, some martial arts-related and fitness-type questions that we have um, in store uh, with us right now. But if you have your own questions or you are a experienced martial arts teacher and would like to help uh, give your take uh, and give some answers or advice on these questions, uh, please give us a call at 347-677-0699. Uh, we, have a, we have a couple of listeners on the line right now, and we're just going to assume they're listening unless they press 1 after the break. So when you press 1, listeners, that tells us that you want to be included live on the show. Otherwise, Bob and I are just going to think that you're listening. All right. Well, let's move on to entertainment news. All right. I've just got a couple, a uh, couple uh, short news bits here regarding entertainment. Um, the martial arts kid movie, the movie that Sibu Bob and I have been uh, have been marketing all last year and stuff like that. Um, it had a very successful uh, film festival release and open theater uh, release. Um, throughout the country um, during the latter part of last year and the earlier part of this year. And now, finally, folks, you can buy the DVD of the Martial Arts Kid. And it's got um, some extra stuff in it, like like all DVDs do. And uh, in order to, to buy it, you want to go to www.martialartskidmovie.com. And you just head over to the shop tab, and you can buy your DVDs. And I hear they're really cool, so get your copy now. All right. Now, a good friend of ours, Art Camacho, who is a uh, who is a wonderful film director and stunt coordinator, we just heard that Art will be the stunt coordinator for an upcoming film called Treasure Hunter, Legend of the White Witch. Starring Will Travel, Randy Couture, yes, that Randy Couture, and Chuck Zito. The film will be directed by Ken Barbet, and uh, it was written by Jason Caminetto and Scott Windhauser. And uh, I'm just going to give just a little bit of a teaser here. The, the Legend of the White Witch is about a medical student who's uh, studying a rare infant disease in the Dominican Republic. And... Uh, she ignores a legend, a local legend, about the bruja, uh, or the witch, until she becomes pregnant. So it sounds like a, kind of like a suspenseful movie, and that's all we're going to say about it. And we're going to share more information about uh, uh, the movie that Art Camacho will be conducting stunts in uh, more as we hear about it. So, yep, there we go. <laughs> all right. Cool. Now, we have another new segment that we're going to try out today. It's Bob's Punny Corner. All right. What do we got for... Now, this, I don't even, this I have actually no idea came from us. Well, okay. this came from us. I'm working on new material as I'm driving for Lyft, right? Okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. These are puns, okay? Okay. What is the best hand to write with, Rusty? The best hand to write with? Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, neither. It's better to write with a pen. <laughs> okay. 
what's another name for a helpful Eskimo? Oh, hold on. <laughs> I, I, I'll play this game. Okay, hold on. A helpful Eskimo? Um, crap, I don't know. Kool-Aid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what what? What kind of hair do oceans have? What kind of hair do oceans have? Uh huh. Mm, I don't know. I'll bite. Wavy. <laughs> so I need to. I, I need to start thinking like a kid. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Give me another one. <laughs> Let's see. What do you call a man with a car on his head? Jack. (laughs) Why is Dracula so unpopular? He's a pain in the neck. (laughs) Oh man! When is a when? Just a couple more. When is a car not a car? When it turns into a garage. Banging forehead on desk. <laughs> what do you call a scared dinosaur? A nervous Rex. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? What? One more. One. I gotta do one more. One more. What? One more. Oh, actually, a couple more, but the others are jokes. What What did the letters say to the stamps? Stick with me, and we'll go places. Oh, okay, that's that's a kid one. <laughs> that, that was a good one. I remember that one. Years and years did, and years did, ago. Did I Did I ever tell you about the two potatoes that are sitting on the corner? No. Do you know how to tell which one's the prostitute? No. The one stamped Idaho. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> now I made the mistake though. I picked somebody up in my car. There was a group of three of them, and they were from oh. Australia. And uh-huh. halfway through the joke, I went, "Wait a minute! They're not going to know that we grow potatoes in Idaho." Right. Exactly. And that didn't go very well. And I told yeah. one girl the joke last night, and she actually visited Idaho a couple weeks ago. And there is, honest to God, there is a potato museum in Idaho. There is. There is. I, I have a friend that lives in Idaho, and she told me about the Potato Museum. I'm like, oh, well, okay, we can have a Space Needle Museum or whatever, right? You know, Salmon Museum. Exactly, right? That kind of thing. You know, they can have a Potato Museum. <laughs> oh, one more. Oh. I got one more for you. Okay. Did, did, you hear about the, did you hear about the pony with the cough? Pony with the cough? Yeah. No. Yeah, he was feeling a little hoarse. <laughs> Hear that siren? <laughs> They're coming to get me because I'm, <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying of the cor- corny syndrome. Anyway, <laughs> that's right. And, though, and that's, that was my punny corner. And that was my punny corner. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Now I I um, don't have any for the next segment, but I know you do. Bob and Rusty's yeah. random thoughts. Yep, Bob and Rusty's random thoughts. Here we go. 
random thoughts are normally just stuff that you would normally think about when you're doing mundane things like driving to work or just before you fall asleep. Just those weird thoughts that you go, oh my gosh, is there something wrong with me? Um, Bob normally has a lot more than I do, but, <laughs> but, but he, he, was, he was getting together Bob's punny corner, but all week I've been wondering about this. I've been wondering about money. I mean, let's think about this, folks. It's technically just ink on special paper. That's it. It's freaking paper. But people will rob you for paper. They'll put a gun to your head for paper. People go to work for this paper. And the more paper some people have, the heavier some people are. I don't get it. Somebody explain to me why paper has so much value. <laughs> I mean, and, if you pr- and if you print your own, you can go to prison. Yeah, and if you print on your Put own paper. paper, yeah, if you print on your own paper, you go to prison. It's a federal crime. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and now I got yeah. something else for you, too. I, got, okay. I went to a concert. You know how they have boat, bootleg T-shirts at the end of concerts on the road? Right. I the guy was selling teasers for ten bucks. I gave him a twenty. He gave me a fake ten. <laughs> I went to try to spend it the next day at Save On when there were oh, Save On. No. Oh no. And the manager <laughs> caught me on it. I went, Are you kidding me? And I told them what happened and, and and I I paid for it some other way. But yeah, I tried to spend it not knowing that it was fake. It looked real but it did not feel real. And I didn't right. notice. I mean I mean, like now you go you, you go to you know pay for something in a in a store or something and what do they do if you hand them you know a 20 or anything higher they have to hold it up to the light they have to check to make sure that it's special paper you know and 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 there are all these like security measures about this paper <laughs> and 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 you have dates stamped on this paper and i i just don't I, you know, I just don't understand it about about money that 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 we gave a value to a rectangular piece of paper, and that's what people are fighting over. That's what people are working for. That's what people are, you know, out on the streets panhandling for. That's what people are, you know, uh, conniving for. It's paper, and uh, this has just been something that's just been on my mind for the past week. It's just one of those weird thoughts. That uh, that just popped up, and I've just been obsessed with it. I just don't get it. Anyway, that was Bob and Rusty's weird, ran, weird random thought. Yep, yep, yep. Well, why don't we do this, folks? Let's take a short break because we're going about 15 minutes over time here. And when we come back, it's open floor here at the dojo, and we're going to be talking a little bit about some questions that we have here. <clears throat> but if you have your own questions that are martial art related, or training related, or if you have some training tips or, or advice on how to make curriculums, how to run a, a martial arts school, marketing, whatever, give us a call, 347-677-0699. If you don't want to call, hit us up on our chat board on our blog talk radio show marquee. Just scroll down a little bit underneath the marquee, and you'll see our chat board. Type your questions there. Um, or if you're finding this um, show on Facebook and you're listening 
through the marquee on Facebook. Just type your questions underneath that also. I'll be back and forth checking for any questions. So don't go away. We'll be right back. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show. With Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Okie dokie, and we are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. So give us a call. It is open floor here. Here. Excuse me. It is open floor here at the dojo. And I'm going to need a cough drop or something. And uh, we're going to be addressing a few questions that we uh, have already had uh, brought in. But if you want to ask 
some questions, feel free to give us a call or hit up our chat board uh, under the Blog Talk Radio Show Marquee or on Facebook under our Show Marquee there on Facebook. So, okay. So, this question. uh, What would be some tips for adults looking to start a martial art? Now, if uh, you're calling in and uh, you want to ask questions or if you're a teacher and would like to uh, bring in your input to some of these questions, please press 1. Otherwise, Bob and I will look at our board and go, oh, they're just listening. Uh, but the 1, if you press 1, it will put you in our caller queue and we'll, and we'll uh, give us a little notification that you want to join in. So this question again, what are some tips for adults looking to start a martial art? I'll go ahead and start. We'll go to Bob, and then we're going to go to the phone lines because they're starting to, like, pop up now. So I'm going to start. First, if you're an adult, I know it seems like a weird uh, a weird thing, but, you know, go go see a doctor. Get a checkup. Make sure that you are in, in okay physical condition. As with any physical activity, you want to be able to see a doctor, you know, unless, of course, you know, you know that, you know, you're a marathon runner or something like that. But it never hurts to go get your – get your yearly checkup, you know what I mean? Because uh, sometimes, you know, people will go years upon years without getting a checkup. And then, boom, all of a sudden you want to take a martial art. And, you know, as the years pass, you know, things change. So you want to, you know, just take that little bit of time to see a doctor, get a checkup, make sure that you're good to go. All right. What about you, Bob? What are some What are some tips that you can think of? And then we'll get to the phone lines here. Well, I believe you should always try before you buy. Uh, try right. try a, uh, a couple weeks, a month, whatever the instructor will allow you to try out, because you've got to make sure that you mesh with the students, with the right. uh, instructor, with the style itself. If you're mm-hmm. looking for, let's say, Wing Chun and type, and, and you join a Tai Chi class, it may or may not be for you, but you may love it and then stick with it. Right. Uh, so always, always try before you buy. You can also go to blackbeltwiki.com, mm-hmm. and they have mm-hmm. tips on how to find a decent school. Right. For you. I was, I was going to mention Black Belt Wiki. It's a great resource um, for any martial artist. That they've got like all sorts of resources there and and, and everything. And uh, yeah, definitely try. Um, you know, I've uh, every state has at least one of these kind of schools where they won't let you take a class unless you sign a contract. So, you know, if yes. they don't let you try it out, if they don't give you like a free lesson or at least like an introductory program for a very low cost, right? A no obligation, like maybe a $25 free lesson intro or something. They don't offer any of that. And they say, no, you have to sign here for this year contract before you can take classes. Get out. Okay. Walk away. <laughs> walk away. You know, I mean, if you do want to do it, great. It's your money. But if you don't know what's being taught, if you're not seeing the students, if you're not seeing how the teachers teach that class, and and this same advice that we're giving right now applies to to finding martial arts classes for your children. Um, but yeah, if, if you're not going to be able to to see a class um, without signing a contract, get the heck out of Dodge. All right. This particular area code sounds like is 
is Master Tony Collins. This is he. Yay! We got Master Tony Collins. He's a master instructor in Kenpo. And thanks for joining us. Yay! Thank you for having me. Right on. Well, since we have you on the line, what, what, what sort of tips would you have for people out there that are adults, not children, looking to get well, into actually, martial arts? This, this works for a little bit of both. Like you said, these, these are going to apply to both of them anyway, in, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So do a touch of research and know what you're looking for. You don't mm-hmm. have to know exactly what you know style or anything, but get an idea. Do I want to do something that's more competition-bound? Or do I want a type mm-hmm. of martial arts that's for the street? Or do I want, mm-hmm. like you said a moment ago, some Tai Chi or something like that? But kind of know right. what you're getting yourself into before you walk into the dojo a little bit. That mm-hmm. helps out a, a lot. I I like that advice. Basically, you know, don't buy into the hype, right? I mean, well, we nowadays, in the information we, age. yeah, we live in the information age, and you know, and then there's a lot of of you know. Uh, hype out there about you have to take BJJ, you have to take Krav Maga, you have to take MMA if you want to learn to defend yourself, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, like Master Tony says, you know, if you're knowing what you want, then that will help you find an art that, that resonates with you because not everyone wants to get into the squared circle. No one wants to get in the octagon. You know, not everyone wants to, you know, get thrown around and, you know, get tapped out or whatever. You know, what if somebody just wants to learn the culture and the, you know, and the traditional ways of karate, you know, then great. You know, that's exactly what Master Tony said. You know, you know, do some research, know what you're looking for. Um, I've got another one, uh, and it reminded me of this because I tried to move in my chair and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> you you want to you wanna work um, a little bit on your flexibility, folks, because, you know, as we age, our muscles and tendons tend to become less flexible. Therefore, it becomes a lot more likely that we're going to hurt ourselves. So you want to make sure that you work on your stretching. Remember to stretch before and after your martial arts class and uh, concentrate on all areas of, of your body, not just your hamstring, right? Um, I remember <laughs> I remember. Uh, gosh, it was years years ago. A new guy came in, and he looked like he had done martial arts before. You know how like some people have that look, you know? Yes. That look and that de- demeanor of, you know, I've done martial arts or I do martial arts. Well, he comes in and he was he was looking at our uh, Filipino martial arts class, and and I asked I asked him, you know, do you do martial arts? He's like, nope, haven't done a day of martial arts. And I and I asked, well. Uh, what sports do you play? Eh, I dabbled around in baseball and football for a while, but nothing serious. I'm like, wow, you know, for not doing anything, this guy looked like, you know, fit, you know, good-looking dude, you know, martial arty, you know, he kind of had that look of like a BJJ player, kind of, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I know, I know, every everybody can be a BJJ player, but you know, it. There's a certain, you know, stereotypical look. But anyway, <laughs> um, and I said, okay, well, we're waiting for the rest of the class. He had paid for his intro lesson. We're waiting for the rest of the class. So I gave him a tour, and I said, feel free to warm up a little bit, and uh, and everyone will be here in a few minutes. Well, anyway, he he put his hands on the wall, and he stretched his calves for about 10 seconds, and he stretched his hamstrings for about 20 and then he was just standing around. I'm like, are you done? He's like, yeah, I'm done. 
I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> 10 seconds, 20 seconds. Okay, folks, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's not going to work. Now, you don't have to be able to do the splits. That's a big myth right there. I have to be able to do the splits if I want to do martial arts. No, no, you don't. Um, it's just to keep your, you know, muscles and tendons supple, you know, and prevent anything busting while you're working out. Because nothing sucks more than the sound of an Achilles tendon snapping. Ick. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> anyway, okay. Bob, what's, an- what's another tip for adult martial artists that uh, that you can think offhand? Well, you should always work on your strength and conditioning. Ah, yes, 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 yes. To better understand the rigorous training you're going to go through when you do martial arts. And -hmm. you have to overcome those effects. How do you overcome those effects? Be ready for them physically. Work on your cardio, push-ups, sit-ups. You know, most of us sit behind the desk all week. Mm -hmm. That's not good. You work on everything at home. Work on your stretching. Mm -hmm. Work on your cardio. Uh, join a gym if you have to, that kind of thing. Mhm. Definitely. That's that's good advice right there. And Master Tony. What about you, Master Tony? Do you have any other tips for adults? Or both? Did we lose He's Master muted. Tony? He's muted? Oh, how did I do that? He's probably muted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry about okay, that, Master Okay, can you hear Tony. me now? You're- yeah, I can hear you now. I don't know how your mic got muted. <laughs> I don't either. Um, That's weird. You guys really covered everything that I was thinking of right off the bat. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't really have anything further on this. Oh, well, if you think of something, just come on in. <laughs> but um, okay. I, I kind of wanted to reiter- reiterate a little bit on what Sifu Bob was saying because uh, um, he was saying work, in, work on your strength and conditioning so that way, you know, um, it uh, uh, gets you ready for the for the work of martial arts training, um, and I want to rem- I have to remind my own students of this because my adult class is largely people that are over thirty, uh, so we're talking thirties, you know, mid forties, that kind of thing. Um, if you get injured, which you will, because you know we you know a lot of times you know our our, our bodies are doing its normal thing aging but but most times our minds you know still think we're 22 (laughs) right so if you do get hurt okay just remember that you don't want to just rush back the day after you guys remember that where you would like you know sprain an ankle and you'd be like ah screw it i'm just going to tape it and go back to training the next day you guys remember that i remember that oh oh yeah you know yeah, you get a black eye, and you're like, oh, yeah, I got a black eye and traded. Okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys remember that? Yeah. You know, I remember yeah. that. I, I remember getting, yeah, we all remember getting stuff dislocated, broke, busted, whatever, and we're back in the dojo or the dojang the next day because that's just how we were, and we didn't feel any ill effects. Boy, I tell you what, I feel ill effects if I, like, fall weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, now anytime we really hurt ourselves, they, they're sitting there going, you got a man cold, don't you, wimp boy? <laughs> right. <laughs> there. No, it's a real sprained ankle. It's, it's real. It's real. Yeah, you know, like real. like uh, last 
was it last year? No, it was a couple of years ago. You know, I, I, I honestly think that, you know, I'm still capable to do a lot of the stuff that I used to in my competition days and stuff. So during one self-defense training drill, we turned off all the lights in the studio, blocked out, blocked out all the windows. So it was completely pitch black in the studio, save for like, you know, a watch, you know, in the corner or something like that. And we were randomly attacking people. It was like, it was like they had to, they had to walk through this obstacles course that we had set for them and stuff. So it was like walking through a haunted house and we would just randomly attack students and they would have to defend themselves. What do I do? I think I'm going to hide way up here, up in the ledge of this window thing that separates the main floor from the dressing room. I'm going to stand up here. I'm going to be really still. No one's going to see me. And I'm going to jump on top of people. That's what I was thinking. I can do that. Well, I came down, and because it was pitch black, I didn't know where the ground was. You know how you kind of ready yourself? And when I landed, my, my, my foot went all wonky, and I landed sideways. And Ooh. boom, I was on the ground. Like instantaneous pain, instantaneous cold sweat. You remember that, Bob? My ankle was just this swollen piece of meat, gross-looking thing. Yeah. And, oh, and I was God. just like, are you serious? I was on the ground crying. It hurt so bad. And I thought, oh, well, I Rus- really And Rusty, at my age, if, if I wake up and something doesn't hurt, I think I'm dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I thought, oh, for sure, I've broken it. And then I thought to myself, now, what would I have done 30 years ago? <laughs> I would have gotten up and said, everyone go back to what you were doing. It's all okay. <laughs> and I would have tried to walk normally, right, even though it hurt. <laughs> I just laid there. I'm like, turn on the freaking lights. <laughs> lights on. Seafood down. Seafood down. <laughs> This sucks. <laughs> Not liking life anymore. All right. So those um those are some um tips on what got, to do if you're looking for, for martial arts. Oh sure. Yes, yes, yes. Be prepared to be hit. Yes, sirree. Yes, sirree. That's right. That goes into the you will get hurt. <laughs> right. You know, there's there's some martial arts out there that when they do spar they do no contact sparring. I'm not kidding. It's it's real, unfortunately. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, when, I see a reason for do, it. <laughs> no comment. Uh, when you do full <laughs> contact sparring, you, you get people who, when you hit them, they they've got this surprised look on their face of, I don't know if that should have hurt worse or if he broke me so badly. Right. That I feel no pain anymore, or something of that sort. But yeah, you have to be prepared to be hit, not not necessarily to be hurt. I don't. I try everything I can to never hurt somebody. Right. But, and I know you do too. All of us do. It's just you know that first initial strike. You're going to have to weather that. They're going. They they need to be prepared for that. Yeah. You know what's funny is I found that with kids, and you know. I don't know about other schools, but I'm de- I'm definitely not a supporter of letting kids spar, you know, full contact without gear. None. I have no, you know, no. I don't want my insurance, you know, subject to that. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. So all of my kids, yeah. you know, if they do spar, they've got the full headgear, they've got the mouthpiece, they've got the chest guard. If they want it, they've got the gloves, they've got the shin pads, you know, the whole nine yards. But it's funny, when you put the pads on those kids, it's the it's the tots, it's the three to six-year-olds that have no problem going full board and just smashing the other kid. They've got no mm-hmm. problem with that, you know, and they think it's fun and they're having a good time. And not that I sit there and go, okay, Johnny, you ready? Timmy, you ready? Smash each other. It's not that I make them do that. It's just that, you know, they have to learn control, right? And I have to see, you know, we all have to see, you know, how two kids spar before you teach them control and give them warnings like, okay, don't hit so hard. Don't kick Johnny there. <laughs> he didn't bring that today, you know. And, and you know, you, get, you have to kind of, like, do that. And then when you get older, isn't it funny? When you get older, when you say spar, everyone's a little bit more tentative and, and at first, I, I used to think, why is that? The, the kids have no problem with it, but the adults do. And I finally realized a few years back, it's because they've been hurt before. I mean, injured to the point of, like, they don't want to get back on the horse type of thing. And uh, right. and they're a little bit tentative. They don't want to get hit, you know, or they don't want to piss off their opponent. So that way they, they hit them and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's it's kind of sad because... You know, I'm, I'm kind of with Tony in the sense that, you know, uh, re, like reality-based sparring, you know, of course, in a, you know, safe environment and stuff like that is really, is really useful for, you know, for learning your timing, your self-defense and what really could work and what couldn't. Does your, does your parrier block really work against that punch that's really coming at your head or does it only work against a posed punch? You know, I mean, you know, those, that's why I think that, you know, sparring is is very important definitely but you know uh, on a side note though um if you're gonna spar and and you guys don't wear shoes if you're an an adult you know just getting into martial arts i suggest you don't have to but i suggest taping your toes and your ankles just in case just in case because you won't have shoes to give you that extra support or even if you do wear shoes, if you're wearing low, low cut, um, athletic shoes or whatever, tape your ankles anyway, because that's how I really injured my ankle. It was because I was wearing low cut shoes and just the, the, the shape of the shoe made, made a harsher impact with the ground when I, when I messed up my ankle a couple of years ago. So tape yourselves folks. <laughs> All oh, right. Absolutely. I've got, I've got one. Okay. And I think I'm I'm gonna probably make the make the other caller press one really fast. Okay. Some of us, not all of us, have lost our girlish figure. We've got muffin tops <laughs> now. I mean, if I said something inappropriate to to a girl like, "Hey, you've got a nice rack," she'd look back at me and says, "Yeah, you too." <laughs> <laughs> you've got a nice side table there, buddy. <laughs> The lighter you are, the more you'll be able, the less weight and stress you'll put on your ankles 
and your knees and your back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a mm-hmm. blown out disc that I have not been able to do much for a long time. Of course, then we have people who have always kept their girlish figure and always will are our good friend, Michelle Manu. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's see how fast she presses wine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, nope. Nothing yet. Okay. All right. So that was, that was tips for, that was tips for adults looking to start martial arts. So if you've got any more tips out there, give us a call three, four, seven, six, seven, seven, zero, six, nine, nine. All right. The next question. And it, this wasn't so much a, a question asked by someone else. It was more of a a question that I like proposed because I saw this on Facebook just this morning. Um, are martial arts or martial arts movies? Uh, there's two parts to this. To this, okay. Are these martial arts TV shows and movies all marketing and hype? And are these martial arts shows and movies? not good for influencing children. So no matter where y'all want to start, <laughs> let's let's have at it. So uh, are these martial arts shows or movies just a bunch of marketing and hype? And are they not good for kids? All right, let's start My with let's start with What's that? I'm sorry, I said that out loud. Sorry. I was like, oh, my yes. shows, do you include TV? Yes, we include TV. Yes. yes, we do. So that includes, like, you know, the old Walker, Texas Ranger, Kung Fu TV series reruns, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, or even Netflix, you know, Born Identity, you know, the whole nine yards. So any movie that has martial arts in it, is it all hype? Is it marketing? And are some of these movies not good for children. Now, the reason why I pose this question is because I saw this really cool video. Um, um, I think it was in German or Dutch or whatever um, of this, of this middle-aged guy uh, defending himself with what appeared to be Wing Chun. It it looked like Wing Chun. And then when, when uh, I saw the uniform that he wore in kind of a flashback and beating a Mukjong, I was like, Oh, okay. It's, Wing Chun, right? Um, and it was really well done. The cinematography, the cinematography of it was really well done. Um, somewhat realistic, except for a few moves and stuff like that. Um, and I, I thought it was great. And someone commented on my thread that said, you know, this old guy, this old guy can run, but he can't fight. Or this old guy looks like he can fight, but he can't run. I wonder how he can run with the with these younger guys and this, this kind of fighting is no good. Oh, you know, the martial artists should not do movies like this. It's bad for the children. It's, it's, it's not a good example for the children. And to, so I replied, I said, well, my, my whole introduction to martial arts was because of the original Kung Fu TV series. I was, I was intrigued by you know, the Shaolin culture, you know, I was intrigued by here's this like, you know, half breed guy that's running from the law and he uses this empty hand self-defense thing that, and he defends himself against guys with 
horses and guns and pool cues and whiskey bottles and stuff like that. And I thought it was cool. And I said, and because of that, I'm now a teacher and I'm teaching my own kids how to become upstanding citizens, how to be helpful in their community, and how to, you know, keep their bodies in good shape. I, you know, how is, how is that not good for kids? So, and then well, he said, he, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then he said, well, no, the martial art actors, he said the martial art actors would do much better if they just constant, like something like if they just did teaching instead of movies. And I kind of went, well, well, okay, you know, that, that's great. That's his opinion, you know, that kind of thing. But, but that's the reason why I'm asking about, um, you know, is our martial arts movies all marketing hype uh, that some people think? or And are they not good for kids? So, anyway, Bob, please go ahead. They are good for kids if, like you were talking about, if they seek out proper training. Do not learn from the TV or movie because you won't be able to learn and absorb what you need to to properly defend yourself. Uh, Mm -hmm. For example, I was teaching at a fencing studio here in Burbank years and years ago, and I was holding a stick. And this Mm -hmm. guy looks at me and says, oh, a a screamer. I do a screamer. I said, really? Who's your teacher? Did you go to Guru Dan? Did you go to, you know, Kyle's Magda? Who'd you go to? Oh, I'm self-taught. I, went, <laughs> I, I, I thought someone was blocking my hearing. I said, "Really? Go get a go get a stick. Go get a mask. Go get a stick. Let's go." Mm-hmm. Oh, and he was teaching. I saw him teaching some guy about flipping the sticks, and oh, and I was I, I was actually getting ill watching this guy. But if if movies and TV, for for example, like. My wife, you know, she used to work at a pet store. When they had mm-hmm. movies like uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, all of a mm-hmm. sudden, all these people came in wanting to buy Chihuahuas. Right. If it's used right. in that fashion, and all of a sudden, wow, Mom, I'd like to study martial arts just like him. Let's go find a teacher. Great. Mm-hmm. But I've had I've had uh, students come in and says, I want to learn that, but I want to learn it quickly. So they want right. to learn how Bruce Lee defended himself in a week. That isn't mm-hmm. going to happen either. So there's, it, it's two sides of the same coin. Yes, it's bad for children, but it's good at the same time if they do it right. Exactly. Exactly. I'll, I'll have to agree with you there. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Master Tony? Well, uh, in response to the, the person who was responding to your video, did you hear that really low, loud rumbling noise? That was my eyes rolling. it really depends upon the show it really depends Mm -hmm. upon what you're looking at i mean i grew up on the teenage mutant ninja turtles which made me actually look into ninjutsu i was a little bit disappointed here and there but that's on me it's because Mm. of what i was looking for versus what the actual art was but here's one now i'm going to give you a negative idea of this so that you understand that yes there is negative out there have any of mm-hmm. you seen the television show kicking it oh yeah a long time ago yeah i i don't I think i have no Dan, yeah that show 
They <laughs> make the Grandmaster a... look like a complete and utter moron. They make right. the instructor himself stupid as all get up and go. And all of the kids could beat him, save one move that he does to solve the problem of one of the kids fighting him. That TV show? No. I would say that one is not good for the martial arts as far as trying to promote a martial art at all in of itself because it made fun of the adults more than it did the children by far. And even my kids were sitting there going, you're not liking this, are you, Dad? And I'm like, "Uh, let's see. That's their idea of somebody who has my rank? No, I'm not liking this at all. Right, right. (laughs) Now, here's for those of you that don't know what Kicking It was, it aired like in the – oh, wait a minute. I wanted to say it was the 90s, but it wasn't. I'm thinking of a different one. But I I think it was the early 2000s, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Or something. Yeah, and I think it was like on one of the – the like the cartoon not the cartoon network the disney channel or i don't remember something like that um something like like that it's on netflix now so i'm looking it up okay here i found it i found it okay so i found it 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 ran between 2011 and 2015 so i don't remember what series i was thinking of in the 90s but check this out you guys the the kicking it is about is about it says here a once in a generation young karate fighter named Jack joins the Wasabi Warriors. That's right. The Wasabi Warriors set at the Bobby Wasabi Martial Arts Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. The name is just as bad as the instructor, I tell you. Oh, let me. (laughs) Wait. Oh, man. Okay. Ooh, Bobby hey, I, I like wasabi, but I, I think I, I think it's the different wasabi I'm thinking of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this 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 guy set at the Bobby Wasabi Martial Arts Academy, a strip mall martial arts studio, and worst dojo in the underperforming nationwide Bobby Wasabi chain. Um, it revolves around a ragtag crew of lovable misfits who welcome a hotshot skateboarder named Jack, who will teach them about life, karate. And how to just plain kick it. <laughs> that started out okay, but man, the the worse, oh. worse and worse, the further it got in. Oh man! And I'm looking at the cast here to see if uh, there's anyone we know. No, nobody. So, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> but that's kicking it. So, some skateboarder joins the Bobby Wasabi Studio. <laughs> And that's the thing. He's the best one out of all of them. He actually yeah. is an, an incredible martial artist. They've got decent martial arts in there. You can tell it's a lot of taekwondo and stuff like that. So they've got really flashy, really nice moves. But because of the negativity that they give the adults, there's no way you're going to watch this and go, gee, I think I want to go try a martial art out. It's more on the lines of, gee, I think I'll go have a soda. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It, it, and it's it, and it's either that where the movies are depicting stupidity with the students or the instructor or the adults, um, but then you have the movies that that have the age-old plot of somebody kills your teacher and now you have to go out and train as hard as you can to kill in revenge. So, mm-hmm. you know, kids are, you know, then you have kids watching it and they're like, oh, so 
if someone kills my teacher or whatever, um, I get to go out and kill that person. You know, revenge, it's expected. I'm supposed to, you know, train for revenge. And, you know, it, see, it's, it's, it's stuff like that that we're talking about, listeners, that probably would not be the best influence for younger age impressionable minds. So, you know, but if you're an adult and you know darn well that you're watching a movie and you can catch the context of the campiness of it or or what have you, then then there you go. You know, it's a movie. But, you know, I swear some of these, you know, there was that time like in the 60s, 70s and 80s where everything was based on revenge. <laughs> you right, know, right. You killed my teacher. I will kill you. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> it was like, my gosh. <laughs> I'm Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. But but now, you know, for the for the movies out there that do set a good example. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I even look at the Karate Kid and go, now that's set a good example, but it did depict a little bit of fighting. However, if you're a young kid, you're not going to know that you're fighting for what's right. You know what I mean? You're, you're just seeing right. people get their asses kicked. You know, you're not quite getting the context as a you know six year old that that you know Daniel is fighting for what's right. He's fighting bullies that are hurting him and stuff like that, you know, and his teacher is telling him to, you know, always take the nonviolent way and don't fight unless you have to. So those are, those are things that, that kids should learn, but is it lost in the violence that I, you know, I, I guess that's another question, you know, um, is, can I, is it, can I attack that? Yes, please. Thank you. Um, I'll tackle that one a little bit. Um, that's a parenting thing, though. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, if you're a parent and you're going to let them watch a show like that and you don't take the time to explain mm-hmm. a little and if you know that your kid's not going to get it, literally, because mm-hmm. I do this on occasion, if we're watching something that gets serious, I stop the show and I ask them their viewpoint on what they just saw. What are you looking mm-hmm. at as far as what you see when Daniel's being attacked like that? Are they do are they in the right or is he in the right kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So that's a parenting issue there to me. Yeah, that, that's a good you point. Know, if you're going to monitor and con- you're going to monitor what your kids do, you're going to have to. And that's the other thing you mentioned a little bit earlier. If you're if you're going for a kids class, be careful of the ones that they flat out say you can't watch any classes mm-hmm. and you can't mm-hmm. watch any of classes. Yeah, because I'm glad that you mentioned exactly, exactly. And I'm glad that you mentioned the parenting thing, because, you know, in a way, I answered the gentleman on my thread in a similar way. I said something like, you know, if a, if children are being influenced incorrectly by a movie, you can't blame the martial artists that are that are acting in this movie. We have to blame us as the teachers for not teaching them correctly um you know and parents being teachers of course right um and so yeah we 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 were all trying to figure out where's this guy coming from (laughs) you know what i mean but i mean in a way i kind of see his point um in a way mainly because um um english was a second language so i was trying to read between the lines to see what he was really getting at and i think what he was getting at is that 
you know, some movies can be, you know, detrimental to the influence of some kids. And I, and I kind of got that, but it, but then, you know, as we went on and he said, well, the actors could do better if they didn't do the movies. And it's kind of like, well, then, <laughs> okay. <laughs> then that's fine. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, um, I want to backtrack a little bit um, toward um, um, advice for adults uh, learning a martial art. Um, so Bob, Michelle did mentioned something about um the last thing that you mentioned about um uh, fitness and keeping you know no she said she said she was gonna say it's uh you know keeping your fitness level and stuff like that it's a daily process and a discipline to stay up on weight strength flexibility and endurance and nutrition is so important too so it's as much of a discipline basically as what we would be learning in martial arts in that, in, in that sense. Um, and, uh, but that was, that was her addition. Oh, to, good. To okay. That. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Per, yeah. And it is, it, it is. And, and, you know, I, I know many people that will try to go on like crash diets cause they want to, they want to lose weight to get into bikini season and stuff like that and it just makes me wonder well then what happens after bikini season you know what i mean it's like right. what happens after Absolutely. bikini season are you just gonna like let yourself go again you, you you know you're gonna go back to you know drinking soda and junk all day i mean what, what are you what are you gonna do you know and and um and this kind of goes into, I guess, another subject matter that we can get into. And, and, you know, why is it that you're getting into martial arts? Well, some people will get into it for the ego part. I want to be known for learning BJJ. I want to go around saying I know Krav Maga. I want to go around saying I'm learning MMA. I want to go around and saying, yeah, my workout isn't Zumba. It's not Pilates. It's martial arts. And I'm losing all this weight, and I'm gonna fit in this dress for my 30th reu- uh, high school reunion and stuff like that. And I, I, I've known people like this, and you know, three months later, they're back at the weight that they started with. You know, and some of these people have lost a hundred pounds, and then they're back to where they were. And um, and it's it's mainly because of, uh, well, I. I'm not going to actually say it's mainly because in their case, but a lot of times it can be just not keeping up on the discipline of it. Um, Cause it's, right. it's tough to watch what you eat. You know, I'm, I'm Filipino, you know, I'm a meat eater. <laughs> I love fatty meats and stuff like that, but you know, we're getting older and I can't eat the way that I used to when I was 20. I eat that same way now. And boy, I see it and I got to work it off extra hard <laughs> You know, and it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a discipline for me to watch what I eat, you know, what I drink, how much water it's, 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 it's crazy. But, you know, once you get in the discipline, it's like any other martial art. So people out there listening, you know, keep going. You can do it. You can do it. And we lost Tony. What happened to Tony? Tony disappeared (laughs) anyway all right let's move on to another question here um and we and you kind of touched on this just for a brief second a little bit ago bob um this here's this question 
how much time is really needed to get good at martial arts or self-defense? So there's two questions there. How, how much time is really needed to get good at martial arts or to get proficient? I shouldn't say good at martial arts, but to get proficient in certain moves in martial arts and how much time is really needed for being proficient in self-defense. Now, I posted an article on my uh, business page, Seattle Wushu Center, um, that uh, that was based on a study um, about, you know, a lear- the learning curve in um, learning martial arts and stuff like that. But I want to I want to get uh, people's take on this. So, so for just getting proficient at like let's say basic movements. Okay, just basic movements, not like, you know, black belt level or anything, but just proficient, looking good. How much time, Bob, do you think would be needed? That is strictly up to the practitioner. Mm-hmm. See, at, at some of us were dojo rats. Mm-hmm. Six hours a day, eight hours a day, every day in the dojo. Mm-hmm. We got proficient in techniques very quickly. Mm-hmm. But then you've got some practitioners that are once a week and never practice at home. Right. Those guys, it's going to take 10 years. If you're a yeah. gym, if you're a dojo rat, a year to get good at basics mm-hmm. because you're going to be doing them every day. You're almost not going to need to do them at home because you're going to be in the gym eight hours a day. Right. They, right. they show up. If they're, if they're young enough, they show up right after school and they leave when the gym closes. Mm-hmm. A exactly. lot of it, that's I, not an option anymore. So it's really yeah. practitioner. Uh, what the practitioner wants to get out of it is what he's going to put into it. Right. Well, yeah, that and their schedule, definitely. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so what it can their, take one, one to ten years. Right. Right. Now, I posted a study based on uh, based on actual you know science science behind the actual learning curve. And this particular study uh, was done in 2002, and the study was approved by the Institutional Review Board at Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. Now, all the subjects signed informed consent, of course, to be included in the study because we know where we might get hurt, right? right? And um, the subjects were actually recruited from hospital employees through flyers that were um, – passed around. The the flyer requested participation by employees interested in learning self-defense techniques. And individuals who had no prior martial arts or self-defense training and had no medical condition which precluded their ability to to participate in an activity involving mild to moderate exertion over a 45-minute period were eligible. There was no age restriction. So that's kind of what the prerequisites were if you were going to be part of this study. Um, um, and uh, the series of martial arts techniques that uh, that they were going to uh, present, uh, and these were 15 subjects, and uh, a set of martial arts experts selected 21 different techniques, including stances, Blocks, elbow strikes, palm strikes, thumbs to eyes, instep kicks, carotid neck restraints, stuff like that. Okay, the critical elements of each technique were identified by the panel and incorporated into a teaching protocol, and then into a scoring system. Two black belt martial arts instructors directed a total of 45 45-minute training sessions, 
videotaped proficiency testing was performed weekly, and the videotapes were reviewed by investigators to determine the proficiency levels of each subject for each technique. Okay? Now, um, how, how they were scored. The techniques were rated by the average number of training sessions needed for an, for an individual to develop proficiency in that technique. So there we go as far as, like, how much you go to the gym, right? Right, right. Um, the, uh-huh. the, no, the mean number of sessions necessary to train individuals to, proficien- to proficiency ranged from 27 to 38.3. In this system, the most difficult techniques seemed to be elbow strikes to the rear, striking with thumbs to eyes, and blocking. Now, conclusion. In this study, it was found that 29 hours of training with the parameters set was necessary to train novice students to be proficient in 21 offensive and defensive martial arts techniques. To our knowledge, this is the first study that attempts to measure the learning curves involved when teaching martial arts techniques. Now, okay, so that's all about the study. And if you want to read more about the study um, and get the resources that uh, the study uh, was also um, uh, citing, you want to go to... Actually, let's see. I'm going to post it <laughs> on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page because that link is entirely too long for me to say. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and post it on the Dynamic Dojo um, Facebook page. And uh, it's uh, – what's it called? Let me see here real quick. Uh, All of a sudden I can't remember how to post stuff. Ah, uh, uh, no. Oh, I just clicked our own our – own marquee that's not gonna that's not gonna work go away here i'm gonna post it now before i forget because i'm i'm going to oh it's called martial arts time needed training so go check it out on the dynamic dojo facebook uh page all right now um i initially presented this question as a two-parter right how much time is needed to get good at basic martial arts techniques in this case, you know, like self-defense techniques. So the study cites that an average of 29 days based on the parameters that they had. Okay. It was 45, 45-minute lessons. Okay. And within that 45-day frame, 29 lessons was the average. Okay. it's great. But, you know, when I first read this study, I was looking at it as a martial artist you know, someone that lives this life, this lifestyle of a martial artist, right? So, of course, you know, the first, you know, the first thing that I would would have thought if someone asked me the same question is I would have said kind of the same thing you did, Bob, is it depends on the person. Um, and I would also said, sure, they can probably get good in like three weeks, but are they going to master it? That's going to take years. You know, right. and how many people are going to want to be a master, you know? Um, so it, it it all kind of depends. So, yeah. Um, but now let's, let's take a look at, you know, self-defense now, okay? Because, you know, many martial arts instructors will offer self-defense workshops and stuff. Now, there are workshops out there for complete novices like you know novice women you know strictly women self-defense martial art okay or 
there are uh, self-defense workshops that are geared toward already experienced martial artists, like, you know, people that, uh, you know, have at least like a yellow or orange belt, that kind of thing, right? Um, So in in that case, you know, a a lot of these workshops can be one three-hour session given on one day or maybe an eight-hour session given on one day or two eight-hour sessions given, given on two or maybe even three, three eight-hour sessions, right? So you're talking like maybe three, maybe eight hours, maybe 16 hours, maybe, you know, 24 hours of training. My question right. is to you, Bob, because we lost Tony, is is that enough time to be proficient in self-defense as opposed to performing self-defense techniques? You see where, where I'm going with this? No, I don't. Explain that. Okay, so you've got, you can learn the self-defense techniques, right? Okay, I'm going to thumb this guy with the, with the protective gear in the eye. Boom, okay. And I'm going to do this rear elbow, and, you know, I can stump the right. groin and, you know, whatever, right? So you're learning all these techniques. You're learning the, the, the physical coordination of how to do it. You're learning how to control your body and your center of gravity. You're learning, you know, proper target placement, proper weapon placement, you know, all the technicalities, right? Um, but in a sense, that's a physical skill, merely a physical skill. Now, if we're talking about self-protection, actual self-defense, you know, how, how much time would that take? And and I'm wondering, because I really don't know how much time it would take for, you know, I mean, like you said, it depends. Right, right. It does depend. Now, Michelle may or may not uh, agree with me on this because she does teach women's self-defense classes on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem We're going to get to her line here it, pretty soon. <laughs> We're going to get to her uh, line Oh, yeah. Well, eventually she's going to press one. I know it. She did. Uh, she did. <laughs> oh, she did. Oh, okay. She did. Yeah. Uh, the problem with women's self-defense classes, there's only one issue I have with them because they are – they are necessity. Every woman should take a self-defense class. Absolutely. Uh, the problem is that when they learn the self-defense from Michelle or whoever, typically because of our lifestyle, they will not think about them or practice them when they're done. That's the problem okay. I have. They're, right. they're great to have. It's going to give you some tools. But if you don't use them or you don't practice them, you will lose them. No, I, I well, I, you know, I, I do kind of agree with that. I mean, it's with any other skill. One problem I had with women's martial arts, uh, women's self-defense courses when I was younger was they were always taught by men. That was a problem I had when I was like in my 20s. Why is a man teaching me how to defend myself, right? You know what I mean? Not that, not that it was anything against men, but it's kind of like, how would a man know how we as women would defend ourselves? And I kid you not, all of these seminars that I went to out of curiosity, and I was already a black belt in karate at the time, punched them in the nose punch them 
punch them in the nose, chop them in the neck, kick them in the groin. Okay, that's great. But it's like punch them, chop them. You know what I mean? I mean, punching, I don't know about you folks, but, you know, yeah, I can show someone how to, how to like throw a facsimile of a punch, but to gain power behind a punch and stuff like that, that does take practice. That's a learning curve right there. How not to like make your wrist go all wonky. You know what I mean? When you're punching, that's, that's a skill, you know? Um, But you also have to consider something when you took the women's self-defense classes, that was in excess, almost excess, of 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What was the woman population compared to the men's? Not, I'm understanding what you're saying, but I don't believe at that point in time, there were a lot of women teaching women's self-defense in comparison to the men. There weren't martial arts women teaching self-defense. That's the, the that's the that's the key here. So there weren't like a bajillion women black belts like there are now, right? You know, right, um, right. back then. But you know, there were plenty of of self defense courses that were offered by female police officers, right? And these were the the officers that were you know, uh, car, not the one driving, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, back then it was like, oh, you're a woman cub and you must be a pencil pusher, you know, that kind of thing. But they still right. had to learn the same stuff that the guys did. Right. And, um, and, you know, I, I went to a few of those ones and those ones, those ones were good. You know, you know, palm strike, open hand to the nose, you know, uh, grab the eyes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that was the first time I actually heard you hear this all the time, and this is, I remember this. The, the officer said, you hear this all the time, kick them in the groin. Well, most guys will instinctively protect the groin. It's a little harder than you think to hit someone in the groin, especially if there's distance, right? I mean, if they're right up on you, then, yeah, knee them in the kajibers, right? You know, that's what she said. But it's not like in the movies where you can just throw this big, you know, front kick to the groin because guys will, will, will protect it. That's their family jewels. Right. That's right. So, and remember know, the old Kung Fu adage, hard on soft, soft on hard? Why exactly. are you getting taught to punch somebody closed fisted in the nose? That was a guy teaching. Right, exactly. Then that's where the guy's mentality are a little different. Palm strike them in the nose, slap them in the face, right. grab their exactly. balls and whip them off their body. <laughs> and shove them out and kick it. <laughs> <laughs> shove it in their mouth and make them eat it. That's and and that's you know, grab, 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 grab their throat. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I hear you. I, I hear you about what you were saying in, in, in that, you know, it, it's true. Some women might not practice it at all, whereas some women might actually, you know, value their, their, their safety in their community enough to practice it a little bit every day or even – you know, do it regularly and become an instructor themselves. But let's do this. Let's go ahead and take this call. We have Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu on the line with us. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> Thanks for joining no. the conversation. We would love for you to add to this part of the conversation. 
Oh, thank you. I'm what a great show as usual. And you're both right. I really do think that um, just the groin is guarded, but also that, you know, if, if someone's intoxicated on anything, any sort of mm-hmm. substance, they're not mm-hmm. going to feel it anyway. So, right. you know, we have to have options. Right. Exactly. Oops. Is that, I'm, I'm echoing. <laughs> Sorry. I had to fix Why my Why are headset. you echoing? Uh, I have no idea. You know, idea. I'm, getting, I'm getting a lot of uh, women specifically that are getting in my car as a Lyft driver and telling me that they're not using Uber anymore. Not that it's not a good uh, platform because it is, but they're not closely enough checking their, their drivers. And there are actually drivers sexually insulting women. Wow. That just, that pisses me off, actually. Yes. <laughs> Basically, they're going around just, you know, driving knowing that they're going to pick up women, right? I yes. mean, that's predator behavior right there. Absolutely. That's, that's that's crazy. That's absolutely that's absolutely nuts. But um but yeah, it's like uh, anyway, the the you know, I I guess the the question is is that, you know, if you know, someone learns self-defense, doesn't matter if it's a guy or a gal. Um well, actually, okay, let me pose let me pose this question. Um and it's, I don't know if it is kind of – I've got kind of a loaded question, too, there here, 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 Michelle. I'm going to ask Bob this. So when it comes to self-defense, Bob, do you think that when guys, uh, you know, hear the word or hear, the, hear someone suggest, here, you should take a self-defense class, do you find that most guys go, I don't, I don't need that? Or do you feel that most guys kind of poo-poo it because they feel they wouldn't need a self-defense class? Oh yeah, because we're 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 ego driven. We don't need mm-hmm. it because we're men. Right, right. And that's I wish my daughter my would take a self defense class, and she won't do it. She refuses mm-hmm. to because she's too busy. I want her. She's going to UCLA next year. I want right. her to take a take a class. I want her to be, be confident. If if somebody messes with her, she's going to jack their world up. Right. Right. You know, and well, I mean, it's. I, I guess that 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 could be a subject for another show. Is how to, not convince, but how to allow, you know, kids of that age, you know, to 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 realize, to 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 realize that they're not bulletproof, that it could be a possibility that they would need, you know, at least the physical skills of self-defense. Um, but anyway, that could probably be a different show. <laughs> that'll that'll have to be a different show. Um, so I, I have a question specifically for Michelle because you do it more than any of us. When you're teaching a a woman's self defense class, how do you instill the not the confidence, but how do you instill to practice so that they don't lose what you're teaching? Well, it's really difficult, Bob, and I know Rosita said the same thing. Um, you know, it's almost worse that I'm teaching like 10-week courses at this point where it's just an hour a night, so I can only get right. to, I'm using the hula and the movement, and then we translate those and convert them into self-defense against the knife or the hair pull and the, the you know the push and the, the shirt grab and the wrist grab and, and all the things um, you know, that could possibly happen out there. Not that we're like fear-based individuals. We just, we're 
and martial artists well, most of the time were prepared. And so mm-hmm. it's very difficult. Um, you know, mostly they sign up for the hula aspect and have no idea that it's going to turn quite physical um, for the last half of the class. And it is difficult to encourage them to continue to practice or keep it, you know, in the front, forefront of their mind, um, mm-hmm. especially if they are yogis, you know, there is no contact. And, I, you know, going back to um, like your daughter's age and my daughter's a little bit older than that, but there's a whole, they have hundreds of friends are networked with on social media and none of them are interested. Now you look at my sister who has four daughters, two in high school, one is nine, the other one is one who's completely uninterested in learning any sort of self-defense. And she was a first degree black in Taekwondo when she was like 12 you know, and it's mm. like she's not continued. No one else in the family has continued in martial arts or the lifestyle. And it's like, how can I don't, I guess I just have trouble reconciling in the mind, you know, how other women can't see that this is important um, mm-hmm. because it can happen and it is happening. It's almost like there's this disconnect that, oh, right. it's only something you'll hear someone else will go through, at, you know, on the news. But, I mean, right. it happens every day. Every, every couple seconds, someone's, you know, sexually assaulted or, you know, violently assaulted. And it, it's just disheartening. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to keep everyone interested. In fact, I'm finding that self-defense in itself, just the phrase, needs to be repackaged. There needs to be a whole mm-hmm. new revolution um, in presenting this. And, I, and I've been thinking about it. And I think that, you know, the Susan G. Komen, you know, breast cancer awareness, it's almost as if women have this mindset that they won't do it for themselves, but they'll do it for someone else. And so if, oh, we, can right, repackage, right. Yeah, if we can repackage self-defense and, so, and awareness of yourself and others, that, you know, women will probably show up for that. <laughs> so mm-hmm, right. I'm, I'm hard at work thinking about different ways to help women. But, you know, in, like in anything in life, if we don't want to help ourselves, there's no one else that can step in and, and help us. So we exactly. can do our part, but, you know, we can't make them show up. It's just declining um, rapidly. Um, numbers are quite disgusting, actually, these days. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sad. And, you know, and would would you guys think that, you know, that a lot of the stereotypes about self-protection out there um, are part of the reason why uh, both men and women are losing interest. I mean, we, you know, like I, I briefly touched on, you know, you guys think they don't need it, you know, yes. <laughs> because of I'm a man, you know, when, when it does happen, you know, sexual assaults and, and, you know, robberies and stuff like that do happen to men by women also, yes. and vice, uh, as well as vice versa. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, do you guys think that some of the, the, the uh, self, self-protection myths, might have something to do with it. Like, for example, in, in women's cases, right, there's still that myth going around that women get attacked because of their appearance, because of what they wear. Right. Well, she's dressed like a hoe, so she's going to be treated like a hoe, you know, that kind of stuff. That kind of that kind of stereotype attitude just makes me want to retch, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, right? You know, um, <laughs> go figure, you know. Um, but you know, but that there's all sorts of like, let me, let me see. I, I had, I saw something the other day about, uh, self-defense myths. And I just kind of want to throw some out there for you guys to kind of get your take on it. So that way we can kind of, you know, maybe 
kind of, you know, chew on it a little bit and go, why are, you know, the numbers declining for people learning these these skills for self-protection, well, right? you know, and I'm coming from, of course, a man's a- aspect. Some of these women, yes, I, I, I disagree in some aspect that, yes, sometimes, like I dropped off some girl today wearing these short shorts that were going right up her ass. Mm-hmm. She's going to get attention from that. Well, that's because and media because she was a saying beautiful that what, woman. Media is saying that that's acceptable and that's how women should dress. And unfortunately, exactly. some of the women follow that. But, you know, on a totally different note, before Rosita names these myths off, there was a post on Facebook that was really quite endearing. It started off as being, you know, the unisex bathroom issues, but then it went into self-defense and women's value. And it's, it's, it's very interesting that all these men are posting, like, absolutely not. I won't want my little girl or my wife in the same bathroom with another guy. He might be a predator. The, the author actually said it's actually not women's fault. It's not the women's fault. They're they're taught to, you know, not make a scene and stay away, learn how to defend yourself, when in reality it's actually if men are the ones that are scared of their own, their own gender because they know that they're out there. And until they mm-hmm. make it personal, they're, they're going to assault other women because it's not their mother, their daughter, their sister. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone mm-hmm. else other than those, the people that they love, it's fair game. And that's really sad because truly that is the, the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, Bob, you're right. Yeah, you know, they're going to get attention because, like Michelle said, that the media says, oh, that's, this is okay. This is, this is the standard of beauty, you know, that, yes. that we have, to, that we have to, mm-hmm. to, to follow in order to be noticed by a man and, you know, get a boyfriend, get a maid, a husband, whatever, right? But on the same token, so many people still think, though, that a woman is attacked because of her dressing like that, you, you know, oh, I, I guess oh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. God you forbid. Know. You know? Oh yeah. That, that's, that's not that. Yeah. From that aspect. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, I, <laughs> I get a lot of people in my car that ask me what happens when your dad, when your when your uh, daughter brings a guy home, it's very simple. I tell him I'm not afraid to go back to prison. <laughs> What you going to say, Rosita? I said, that'll make a boy think. <laughs> well, I mean, how weird is it to have a mom when the boy shows up to the house with a baseball right. bat that's twirling? So I'm just really <laughs> looking crazy. I mean, my poor daughter. That's a little bit my, of a mind screw. You know, you expect the dad yeah. here. You know, but... Right. Here's, his, here's the mom with his baseball bat in the background. Have a nice time, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, I'd pull out some of those weapons that you make. Oh, no. With a shark yeah, I think we it. <laughs> no, but like see, Michelle. Across and, the door, so that way they can see it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, Michelle, you know I love you, and you've got this niche that is unbelievable, and I was thinking about this. Because of the way you teach the women's self-defense, you start off with the hula. That they may continue. If they can right. continue that, maybe they'll think of the bunkai that you've taught after that, and they may retain that because it's not a pure self-defense class. It's something that they want to do because of the dance. Oh, I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that adds a level of fitness. Women want to right. see a change in, 
their health. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, they're an inch smaller overall or they're feeling better, they're sleeping better, whatever it may be, because it's a journey, right. you know. It's not mm-hmm. just how to kick and punch, because, you know, you know, women, when they first get on, it's just our arm that's extending, and, and the, if they were to make contact with the hand the way they've made that terrible punch, they'd break all their fingers and break their own wrist. So it's right. teaching them the basics, you know, and and hopefully, hopefully it will, they will stick with it. But it's very difficult, Bob. I mean, even with the hula, yes. you know, to start with, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And and yep. trust me, that from somebody that's been on the the receiving end on your of your little love taps, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do say I hit like a guy, so I'm, I'm yep. that's a huge compliment, right? But I don't. I I, I, I agree with that. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you know, we've only got about three minutes left in our broadcast, and I kind of wanted to go over the the myths of self defense, and uh, to have you know you know us talk about that a little bit. However, since we're out of time, what I want to do is I want to take that subject, the myths about self defense, um, as it applies to now, because you know the myths now are different than they were like back in the eighties and nineties and stuff like that, right? Um, why don't right. we why don't we Bob make that a subject for next week's discussion here at the dojo and uh Michelle if you're free you're welcome to join us um yes please and we'll try to Thank get you. some other um some other uh guys and gals on here with us not only teachers but also <coughs> people students. of yeah students people that are not of teacher ranking or anything like that because that mindset is a little bit different for the students right so yeah, why don't we do that? I mean, I really want to. I really want to touch on the myths of self protection and the myths of self defense because they're still out there, and there's still, you know, some that just will not die. <laughs> so, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's do that for next week. So next week, folks, um, you know, tune in because we're gonna have the myths about self-defense and self-protection. I think that'll be really cool. And hopefully we'll have Kumulu and Michelle Manu joining us. And we'll try to get, uh, we'll try to get uh, Master Tony back on with us and uh, some other gals and some other guys. And let's talk it out and get that, to get everyone's take on it. Definitely. I think that'll be great. All right. Thank you so much, Bob, for being a great co-host as always. And thank you, Kumulu, for joining us for the last 20 minutes. Yay! And thanks, thanks to uh, Master Tony who just dropped out and never came back. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great rest of the weekend, everyone, and we will see you next week with myths of self-defense. See you next time. Bye bye now.